sounds curious. The color recalls lime, lime and, grapefruit. and grapefruit. Grapefruit and lime. Ruffled frocks. A bearded tongue. And grapefruit. Slightly press the sides between your forefinger and thumb. Lime and grapefruit. The dragon jaws open and snap close on release. Dragons are pollinated by bumblebees. Their antenna emit frequencies that opens up the treasure vault of nectar. Grapefruit and lime. In a far corner, change the bee's frequency. The jaws open wider or stay closed. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sounds Curious podcast, the podcast for you, our adventurous listener. And listeners, hey, my apologies, I have been working on a few episodes now that are almost completed. Uh, Things have gotten a little bit complicated in Europe in the last few months, as you might have noticed. Uh, And, you know, things in America just got really complicated again. Not that they ever aren't. But uh, that said, this episode actually came along and is a very timely one. And so it's kicking me back into the studio on a pretty noisy Berlin morning. But we're just going to embrace that noise, especially given the topic of today's episode. So we are going to be talking about an upcoming festival And actually sharing some work by the artists who are participating. For those of you who are not in Berlin this summer and uh, want to listen from afar, that has certainly been one of the nicer things to come out of the last few years is the opportunity to attend things online or to hear them recorded and to be able to participate even when we can't do it in real time. This is a great opportunity to introduce Anarchy in the Garden, which is a festival of experimental performance featuring female-identified performers and experimental performance artists, and they operate in a whole bunch of different genres and with a whole bunch of different approaches and styles and everything about experimental music, which, you know, calling it that kind of implies that it's all one thing. Well, experimental music is everywhere and certainly doesn't have any particular style. So today we're going to celebrate the anarchy and we're going to celebrate the garden. It is summer here in the Northern Hemisphere and things are hopping. And this festival, which is happening on July 9th at the Kurspot Social Club in, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Lederstrasse. Uh, I will, of course, have all the information about the upcoming festival, the artwork, everything in the show notes. So you can follow along if you'd like. And we're going to be featuring work from a bunch of the artists who are going to be performing there. And that actually includes me. 
uh, my duo Demoiselle d'Analogue are going to be meeting, uh, are going to be performing at the festival with a special guest, actually. My usual collaborator, Aude Rose, is not able to make it, and so I am able to uh, collaborate anew with an artist that I have been meaning to work with for ages, Andrea Rischku, who is a movement and visual and all kinds of good art uh, coming out of Andrea. And uh, we're going to do a transmedia piece involving live painting and drawing and movement with piano and live electronic processing and all sorts of stuff. We're going to do a kind of uh, amplified art session, if you will, and let folks be kind of around us and interacting with us as we interact with each other. But in the meantime, I have managed to assemble a whole bunch of really interesting music for you all today. And I'm going to be interspersing that with some, oh, just some general thoughts about experimental music and why she chose to organize this festival. And we're going to be hearing that from the incomparable and very energetic experimental musician and organizer, Ilo Massing, who is a, an Estonian artist who has relocated to Berlin and has been a big part of the contemporary music and experimental music scene since getting here. Uh, so we're going to hear Ilo answer some questions that I sent. And of course, I will provide the context for the little discussion. And then in between, I'm going to be sharing dropping some incredible tracks by musicians that are appearing, artists that are appearing. And as you will hear the, well, the proliferation of styles and approaches and sounds eh, kind of reminds you of the anarchy in a summer garden where everything is somehow overgrown and, and enormous and yet in balance and beautiful and somehow exactly where you needed to spend time. So sit back, relax in your garden if you have one, or hey, somebody else's garden if they'll let you. Grab a cold drink, put up your feet, maybe a little fan close by that you can waft at your face, and let yourself indulge in some beautiful sounds from our garden here in Berlin. You can find more information out about Anarchy in the Garden over at anarchyinthegarden, all one word, dot org. And the festival organizer, Ilo Mazing, wrote uh, on the website and sort of in the general introduction to the festival that, quote, Anarchy in the Garden provides a platform for female perspectives in the experimental arts, including electronic and acoustic improvisation, site-specific installation and transmedia, instant composition, movement and performance, storytelling and visual arts, including visual installation with live projection. This interdisciplinary, international and hybrid indoor-outdoor event is aimed at audiences of all ages, genders and species. Happening in the beautiful Kulspot, the day features more than 10 hours of experimental performances, installations and interventions. The festival proposes alternative ways of being in the world, fostering sensitivity, responsiveness, openness, and vulnerability. 
creating a real-world community of female creators that through various experimental art and communication forms is capable of holding a nourishing space for artists and audiences alike. End quote. And that's really a wonderful way of capturing how nourishing it can be as an artist to participate in a day-long event with other artists, being able to be inspired and and feel that community of performers who don't always go the way of everyone else. And at the same time, how female and female-identified, female-oriented perspectives, and I must include non-binary here, of course, because gender-fluid and non-binary people also, we gather often in spaces that encourage a different approach to the, the mainstream culture and in the sense that spaces where we can share art and be open, vulnerable, nourish each other in a collaborative and not competitive environment is just, well, it's, pardon the garden metaphor, but it's like fertilizer for us. Uh, it's like water. It's like extra rain on a summer day. It helps us thrive. And so we celebrate this garden metaphor, not just in admiring the diversity and the beauty and the functionality of all of these different perspectives, but also just by celebrating the joy the beauty of the colors and the textures and when it's harvest time, all the tastes and sensations. And so this is a wonderful metaphor at this particular time in history when so many of us are feeling economic pressures, social pressures, and, and much worse. To really remember our connection to nature, our connection to the earth and the plants that sustain us, the animals that sustain us. I love how Elo talks in her little remarks about her birds and how she is frequently making music for birds. As humans, we often think, oh, we make music for each other. But many of us experimental artists have figured out that making music for birds and toads and frogs and trees and grasses and clouds is equally satisfying and makes us feel a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And so this is also a bit of an encouragement to take your experimental self out to your own garden and see what happens. Let yourself really explore how it feels to be alive in such abundance and what we can learn from nature about supporting one another, about helping one another, about our interdependence on one another, not just as artists, but as humans, as biological entities in a biological and non-biological world, all of which depends upon each other. So enjoy Elo's comments, enjoy the musical examples, and I will include links to all of this, including the ticket link if you happen to be in Berlin and can come by. We would love to see you in the garden, and please feel free to bring your anarchy. If not, 
please stay tuned to the Sounds Curious channel as I finally publish the episodes that I have been recording since, oh, the end of February, when things got a little mm, interesting. But I have to say the extra research time really makes these upcoming episodes really special, so I cannot wait to share them with you. And in the meantime, let's step outside to the garden and give a little listen. Je prends. 
regarde soleil ébloui, reflet d'oubli, facette, terminée, épuisée, lumière et So hi Renee, I'm uh, recording this from my home, which is also a bit of an aviary. So I have um, two lovebirds on my left and two pigeons to my right, and they might be giving their opinions as well on experimental art and anarchy in the garden. Uh, sometimes, maybe even while I'm talking, they are very opinionated. Um, but here we go then, I'm trying to answer your questions as best as I can. Um, you're asking whether there is a driving question that drives experimental work uh, for me in the arts and I would say that perhaps the um, one of the uh, driving questions is question of relation relationality and relationships and context um, relationships between people musicians playing relationships also between 
the musicians playing and all other uh, sound makers around. I was about to say Klangmacher in German, but I suppose this is not the exactly correct word. But yeah, sound makers in the environment, be it birds or animals or um, plants or inanimate objects such as um, wind or an aeroplane flying across or everything. It's kind of, um, for me, um, it's somehow having to take everything, the totality of everything that is in the performance environment into account um, while I'm playing and investigating the relationships between all those different sound makers and sounds. Um, and also for me, um, uh, being experimental, it also means being in real-time communication um, all the time with um, all the um, sound makers that are around me. And again, that might be, of course, other musicians, that I am performing with, but also um, other living beings, um, such as birds. Um, part of my practice is playing music for birds, uh, both in a kind of closed indoor environment, playing music for pet birds and communicating through music with them. And also um, I have taken this um, approach also outside into nature and into a city environment. And uh, I've given some concerts with some other musicians also to um, birds in park environments and also um, an aviary actually of exotic birds near Zoologischegarten. Um, there is a really fantastic kind of hidden um, hidden atrium where they, there is an aviary um, with lots and lots and lots of um, exotic birds. Um, who actually lived there permanently. And um, uh, in summer of 2021, um, we actually uh, did a concert there uh, for and with those birds. So that was also an exercise in communication as well as relationality. And um, also a key question for me in my work, uh, perhaps more narrowly with instruments would be to um, find my own way around the instrument that I'm working with, be it as a performer or be it as a composer, um, somehow finding my own approach, my own uh, playing techniques and my own sounds. And that's very important for me. Um, and also in live performance, um, being pushed always to be surprised by myself even in the process of the performance um, where I would, I would discover kind of a new playing technique or a completely new way of kind of relating um, to other performers or a combination of those. Um, yeah, the element of surprise is very, very important. And I think, again, that goes kind of throughout my entire praxis, whether it be a performer for humans or for non-humans, or whether it be a composer. Um, yeah, it's always kind of, it's always important uh, for me that I surprise myself somehow. Um, 
in 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 the um, creative process. Getting on to your next question, I think um, I think I've already actually, um, in a way, answered that. Uh, you're asking what motivates me to do experimental work, and I think what motivates me is mostly um, kind of curiosity 
I would say, curiosity about life, curiosity about everything, and and the desire to kind of to avoid to avoid knowing too much about what I'm doing and what the outcome is going to be. I think I also I I always like to be surprised um, by the outcome of my own creative process. And I think in that respect as well, I could say that yeah, my entire praxis is actually quite experimental. Um, you're asking if all of my work is experimental or only some, and if some pieces are experimental in some ways and not in others. Um, again, I think I can say that um, yeah, all of my works are experimental to a certain extent. Of course, um, some works could be considered more experimental than others. Um, like, for example, um, writing an open score, like a completely open score, um, whether it be graphic score or a text score or an audio file that acts like a score and not specifying in any concrete terms um, the ways that the performers have to relate to that score. I think um, could be considered very experimental as well as um, concerts in natural in environments and the outdoor environments or concerts invo in involving other non-human um, agents um, over whose contribution yeah, I also kind of like I can't have any predictability or any control over that. Um, so... Um, creating music in those contexts, I, one could say they are sort of very experimental, whereas some works in which I use conventional notation, although they might be experimental in a micro or macro form, or, or both uh, formal levels at the same time, um, they could be said that they are still a bit more traditional um, or less experimental in certain ways because um, at least I'm controlling the material that I give to my musicians more even if I don't control exactly um, how they treat that material or what material has to sound exactly at the same time as other material um, which I like to do very much I like to compose um, pieces where I give musicians certain um, parameters or I give them kind of um, fixed material with which um, they can then play or on, on the basis of which um, they can develop their performance but at the same time also not um, fixing certain other formal elements of the piece like for example what material has to be played together with what material or uh, if that is fixed, then kind of not determining exactly how um, these materials interlock or, um, yeah, how the, 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 the vertical of the music um, goes. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, I always try to find my own ways to approaching instruments, even instruments that I don't really play myself, or I don't know to, how to play myself. Um, 
I tried to get my hands on them and kind of find my own way um, of playing them, which sometimes yields uh, very interesting and or difficult to reproduce sounds by professionals, actually. Um, yeah. Silver, green and red, translucent, curly filaments. The knife between thumb and stalk, the scent like a jet immediate. Moist and acidy, sprinkling molecular drops of juice, wavering, dissolving. And the breeze towards the pine tree, where a blackbird fiercely sings. The pink peony had something to tell. It let its anemone-shaped ears flap. It raised its scent of ruffles. A scented call was emitted. Hey! Hey! Hey, Rose. Brush ping pong. Palette pushing pale ale. Pancake hush brush. Hey, hey! Prim vanilla pussy. Puss pom pom peri paradise. Dawn drowsy nosy nose holes on upskirt B. Hey! You first drawn drowsy nosy nose holes on upskirt me. I am your cool pink ballerina dancing to the concertina. That's what the peony said in three puffs of perfume. Um, my birds are actually very quiet. I thought that they would be intervening more into my talk, but um, they seem to be having um, nice uh, siesta time or before bedtime preening session, all of them. So they're not very talkative. They are just rather just preening and enjoying themselves. I think the next question that you've given me I can skip over um, because I think my work is all experimental there isn't really any work that is not experimental in some way um, okay if I uh, learned from any experimental artist I think that the pro profoundest experience that I had of understanding what it really means um, to create experimental art or experimental music was when I was um, living in London and I visited Eddie Prevost's um, Friday night workshops. Um, for uh, those listeners who don't know who Eddie Prevost is, Eddie Prevost is a percussionist um, who was the member of the legendary AMM group and um, was very much a pioneer of um, experimental music of free improvisation in the UK um, in the 1960s and um, 
he has carried on his practice. He's really old now, actually, and um, but he's still active, and he um, is still running this Friday night workshop, which takes place actually every Friday night um, somewhere in London. Um, the um, exact place and time of the workshop is transmitted through word of mouth, so there is no internet site or um, anywhere online where you could kind of look up. You just have to kind of um, come in contact with uh, people who uh, are actively participants of the workshops or have been participants of the workshops um, before, and um, they will tell you um, where and when it happens. So this is how I also found out about it in London. I actually just came in contact with um, somebody who had uh, frequented Eddie Prowers' workshop uh, for a while, and he suggested that I should also visit. And um, that for me, um, in my sort of um, early to mid-twenties, um, was a kind of formative experience, um, actually, because um, Eddie Prevo always... Um, encourages everybody in the workshop to um, to find your own sounds and to um, kind of find your own technique on your instrument and to explore, to really kind of be experimental, to really, um, really look for sounds, like look for new, um, new fresh sounds. And um, this was really like a big, big step away from um, the traditional note notions of, of, of technique and virtuosity that I had grown up with as um, a student of classical violin. So, um, yeah, in Eddie Prevost's workshop, I really um, it really transformed my relationship with my instrument and also seeing other people um, approach their instruments with um, real open-mindedness, curiosity, and um, inventiveness um, was also absolutely fantastic. And uh, I think uh, that workshop experience, because I uh, frequented the workshop for quite a few years when I was living in London. Sometimes I had bigger gaps um, in my attendance, but sometimes I went kind of more often. Really felt like, um, really felt like, 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 like putting your brain in the washing machine and kind of getting all the um, old stale ideas and concepts and things out and 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 feeling really refreshed afterwards okay there was my birds um chiming in with with um, um with passion with equal passion i felt for um eddie pro's workshop Um, so yeah, I think, um, Eddie Prevost's workshop is really, um, I could say, yeah, that one formative experience for me, um, and the experimental artist that I learned a lot from.
Um, okay, um, and the last question, if I resonate with the theme, Anarchy in the Garden, uh, um, that is a good question, but also I came up with the name Anarchy in the Garden, so um, yes, I definitely relate and I uh, resonate with the theme. Um, Anarchy in the Garden, um, initially, this name somehow came about, I don't even remember exactly um, how it came about, in which situation or what context or who came up with it. But um, we used this as the name of my uh, experimental duo with vocalist and poet Marta Talvet, who is also performing at the Anarchy in the Garden Festival this year, because she's doing a solo set. But we had a duo set that we um, have already performed a couple of times uh, with me on the violin and Marta um, on vocals and what she calls um, automatic poetry. Um, and um, we used the name Anarchy in the Garden um, to um, describe our duo. And um, as I was thinking about the name for the um, Women's Festival of Experimental Arts, then Anarchy in the Garden kind of seemed really to... Um, to encapsulate um, everything that I wanted this festival to represent, um, which would be um, sort of feminine creativity, um, nurturing space, um, also, you know, unruliness, um, creative unruliness, playfulness, um, joy, fun. Um, but... Um, most of all, yeah, this kind of unruly but nurturing um, communal space um, that um, all the different art makers um, that are participating in the festival uh, would be creating together. This kind of um, a real-world uh, nurturing community of feminine um, values and, and feminine energies um, for the performers and the audience alike. Um, so, yeah, I hope that uh, um, Anarchy in the Garden, the name also ev evokes that um, to um, others um, who find out about the festival, but are not, um, they do not know how the name came about or what it means. But I hope, yeah, that it uh, sort of encapsulates this sentiment and this feeling and those values and ideas um, that I just mentioned. The lion dreams of hunting. The lion dreams. The lion dreams of hunting. And the sound of torn flesh flatters his ears. 
Also, in his dream world, he does not dream of God. Blood flows. Nor the angels. No. He dreams of being young again. And the sound of torn flesh flatters his ears. When both awaken, Hieronymus, they'll find the space around. No. When both awaken, there's poorly lit staircase. Poorly lit staircase. The lion dreams of hunting. He dreams in his dream world of being young again. In his dream world, blood when flows. When both awaken, and the sound and the sound of the torn flesh flatters his ears. Is a poorly lit staircase. And the sound of Hieronymus. He does not dream of God. Nor the angels. He dreams of being young again. Blood flows. When both awaken, they'll find the space around. Is a poorly lit staircase. No. When both awaken, the angels. they'll find the space around. There's poorly lit staircase. The lion dreams. He does not dream of God. In his dream world, blood flows, being young again. And the sound of torn flesh flatters his ears. He does not dream of God. Also, Hieronymus. Hieronymus. No. And the sound of torn flesh. Also. And the sound of torn flesh flatters his ears. He dreams. Dreams of hunting. He does not dream of God, nor the angels. No. He does not dream of God, nor the angels. The lion dreams of hunting. His dream world. Blood flows. The lion dreams of hunting. No. Young again. No. The lion. In his dream world. Nor the angels. In his dream world. When both awaken. And the sound of torn flesh flatters his ears. Young again. Again. The angels.